What's up, everyone? Yes, it is I, your host, Natalie Morrison, and you might be thinking, wasn't this called Swim Masters? Well, yes, it was, and you're definitely in the right place. We decided that we wanted to give the podcast a bit of a makeover, and we're so proud to introduce to you Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast. Don't worry, it's still the same content, still the same hosts. We just wanted to take this to the next level. And we're excited that you're joining us on this fantastic journey. The episode that you're currently listening to was recorded before the name change. And I just wanted to let you know that you are in the right spot. So keep on listening. Be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for all new episodes of Revoicing the Future, a Women of NAM podcast coming soon. Welcome to Swim Masters, a podcast dedicated to help connect, grow, and support women in the music products industry. I am your host, Natalie Morrison. The Smart Women in Music Fund was established in 2018 by Robin Valenta, Dee Dee Hyde, and Crystal Morris to expand diversity, inclusion, and support for women in the music product space. Twice a month, I will sit down and host virtual conversations with various women across our industry to help foster mentorship and growth. Now, without further ado, Let's dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Swim Masters. It's your host, Natalie Morrison, back with another episode. I hope everyone had an incredible Believe in Music Week. As I'm recording this, it's Saturday, January 23rd, so Believe in Music Week just ended. And I just wanted to take a brief moment to give a huge shout out and thank everyone at NAM for the incredible work that they put into bringing us a sense of community and normalcy during this unprecedented time when we normally would be walking the halls at the Anaheim Convention Center together. There's no roadmap. We've never been in this situation before. And for them to put together a virtual event that so many people within the industry or who have always wanted to attend the show and have never been able to travel out to Anaheim before, giving them the opportunity to participate in some of the educational events and the speaker events and the artistry that was presented at the show. I Hats off to you all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And just congratulations and thank you for all the work that you have done to put this together for us. And... I'm excited. I'm excited for Anaheim 2022. I've said it multiple times this week, and I'm excited to see what that moment is going to be like when we all congregate together again. And I know it's going to be special, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So congratulations, Nam. Thank you, guys. You are all incredible. And that's all I have to say about that. Um... Switching it back to swim, we have an incredibly exciting announcement that this episode is themed around. Swim is really excited to announce the second annual Leadership Summit at the NAM headquarters in Carlsbad, California. The summit is set to take place May 4th through May 7th, but if 
in the event that we cannot gather in person due to CDC guidelines, the event will be held in October. So um, you can get all of that information on the website. Um, but applications are open and they are open through February 20th. I'm looking at my computer. February 28th. <laughs> so you have until now until February 28th to submit an application. And I thought that this would be a really great opportunity to have you get to know the executive coach behind the summit that we have worked with in the past. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Hall, and she worked with the inaugural class in 2020. And she continues to host coaching sessions with them each month for, I think, about six months. And she also is working with some of our swim scholars who have attended the NAM show through the scholarship opportunities um, that we have for women in the industry. So if you're interested and would like to learn more about what you can expect from the summit or you haven't heard about the summit and you're tuning in for the first time, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of open that door for you and hopefully inspire you to submit an application. I certainly learned a lot from my conversation with Dr. Jen, and I'm very excited for the next class of summit attendees to get together. So... With that said, if you are interested in applying and learning more about the summit, please visit our website, www.smartwomeninmusic.org to apply and gather all information. And if you do have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We'll be happy to assist you. So with that being said, let's get into it. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for joining Swim Masters. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Natalie, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. So thank you. Of course. I wanted to uh, start with an overview of your career. You don't work in the music industry and you've been just so gracious with your time with helping swim. So I'd love for people to kind of get to know you a little bit better. How did you get into your field and what do you specialize in? Uh, sure. Thanks for asking. So you're right. I'm not in the music industry and it's been such an honor to, to get to be involved with uh, swim and the women in the music merchandise industry. I've loved learning about it and uh, getting to know them. I'm a psychologist by training. And when I started my career, I wanted to be a professor. And that is, in fact, what I did right out of grad school. I started uh, teaching at a little liberal arts college in Florida called Ecker College. And I love teaching and I love seeing people develop, but what I did not love doing is grading. Um, I didn't like grading. <laughs> I didn't like <laughs> and evaluating people's performance. And so luckily for me at Eckerd College, there was a network affiliate of a fabulous organization called the Center for Creative Leadership. 
the mission of which is to enhance the leadership of individuals and teams and organizations all over the world. And I got involved part-time with that organization and started to do what was called at the time feedback sessions with executives who mm-hmm. came to our programs from all over the country and in some cases the world. And what that meant is I would sit down with them and they would have taken a variety of assessment instruments and I would give them feedback on that. I would debrief those and we would talk about what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What's going well? What's not going well? And what would make sense for you moving forward from a goal setting and development perspective? And that was really fun. And in fact, it was so much fun that after five years, I quit my tenure track job to start working full time for that CCL network associate. And that was Uh, so many years ago now, I guess it was over 20 years ago now, that at the time we weren't providing ongoing executive coaching. The feedback sessions were just an event rather than a process. And that's not how Mm. individuals, how adults actually develop, excuse me, new skills, new competencies. So I was hired to start an executive coaching program there. So I kind of made it up as as I went. And I've been doing um, coaching and leadership training for the past 20 uh, plus years. At one point, I went to Colorado Springs to work for the Center for Creative Leadership itself, uh, leading their group of coaches. And eventually I came back to Florida <laughs> where, where, I, where I was um, at the college and where I am still now. And so for six years, I've been running my own business, doing the same things, running um, leadership workshops, doing individual executive coaching. And I've also developed a couple assessments uh, myself that I like to use in coaching. So I guess I'm at the age now where people ask me to give a retrospective on my career. It's uh, um, <laughs> my life to have that happen. Well, that's awesome though because you're you 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 were in a steady job and you found a passion that really drew you into the work that you were doing, and you kind of pivoted your career to mirror those passions, which is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I did that twice. Once when I left my tenure track academic job, which at the time among folks who wanted to be in academia was just horrifying. How could you possibly do that? But my thought was always, well, why would I want tenure in a job if I don't love it? (laughs) I would rather rather be insecure um, technically and then do what I love 12 months a year instead of something I didn't love nine months a year. And I figure if you have um, the passion for something and you develop your skills, that's pretty good job security in and of itself, especially if you pivot. And then my second pivot was six years ago when I left my full-time job to go into business for myself. And that was um, that, that was a result of an interesting development. One of the assessments I co-authored was one on entrepreneurial mindset. And in the course of developing it over the course of three years, I was still in academia and we moved slowly. Um, but in the course of developing it, at one point when we put it online, I took it myself. We were looking for bugs, but I thought, oh, well, let's just see how I score if I actually answer these questions honestly. I didn't think the results would be valid because I'd been looking at and massaging and editing these items for at least a couple of years. But I took it and lo and behold, I had some really high scores on some aspects of entrepreneurial mindset. And that was the first time it occurred to me. 
then in fact, I was a lot like an entrepreneur and I would really enjoy the opportunity to be on my own and run my own business. So I became a, I became a believer in my own assessment at that time. That's awesome. I think a lot of people could benefit in taking something like that because a lot of people don't know the potential that they have until they kind of are in it and they, they realize it in the moment. That's exactly right. And so much as well depends on what you have modeled. So we had the opportunity to talk a little bit before Natalie. So I know that you come from a very entrepreneurial family and your dad encouraged you to, to, build up on different experiences to take advantage of opportunities. And my family was just, you know, a bunch of, you get a job and you stick to that career for the rest of your life, which was fine for them, but it didn't give me the opportunity to see a different kind of path that in fact would work really well for me. Right. Exactly. So you helped lead the very first swim summit last year, um, which ironically, was the last weekend the world was open, essentially. Yes. <laughs> we will all remember that week, I think. Many of us who were there as the last time we were together on Moss with um, with a group of people who did not live in our household. Yeah, I know. Really special. So what was that experience like? I would love for our listeners who don't know that much about the summit um, or who didn't attend the summit um, to really understand what that was like. Well, I will. So, so stop me if I get too detailed because <laughs> I can do that. And it was really just such a fun three days. We all came in the night before we were, uh, the program itself was at NAM headquarters in Carlsbad. We stayed at a hotel within walking distance and <laughs> because uh, COVID was just really starting to take place. I remember in one of my last emails to the women before we all got together, I said, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll do elbow bumps. And then we met each other and we just could not help hugging each other and greeting because I think we're all so looking forward <laughs> to it. And and the women had been doing a lot of pre-work ahead of time because they had to fill out an extensive bio. They had to complete three assessment instruments. You know, there was a lot of planning that went into it. And one of the things that made it so special for me as someone who's done workshops for 20 years is that most of these women had not participated in any kind of leader development experience like this in their career with just a couple of exceptions. So they were eager, they had applied, they had been accepted, they felt honored to be there, they felt excited about what was to come. But there was also a little anxiety because they really didn't have any idea what to expect. And so that's fun for me because if people come in already very senior in their careers, they can have a little bit of been there, done that. We always end up having fun. But I loved the openness and the wonder uh, of the women who joined the, the summit. So we spent the next three days together doing a wide variety of experiential activities in which they tried to solve unique problems together. Um, they were fun. They could be challenging. They could be frustrating. Then I gave them back the results of their assessment instruments, which always had an application to leadership. So for example, one of the very first assessments um, that we talked about was looking at their strengths. And so that was a great way to start off, I think, understanding what they were uniquely talented at, what gave them energy, and then conversely, what did not give them energy and what they didn't feel good at. Because 
I think that there's not enough emphasis on trying to figure out what, right. what really um, energizes and excites you. Because when we do what we're naturally good at or what we could be good at with a little bit of work, we just tend to be so much more effective than when we're working at things that, that we're not really good at. I mean, that sounds so obvious, but that's typically not the way that leaders have been developed traditionally. Typically, we try and figure out what you don't do well and then make you do a lot more of that, which really is, is so counter-intuitive counter, um, if you think about it. <laughs> so one of the assessments was about strengths. Another one was what's called a 360 assessment. And that was very new for the vast majority of these women. So not only did they report on their leadership capabilities, but their colleagues did as well. So we would, for example, if you were to take a 360, Natalie, you would ask your direct supervisor, right? How is Natalie at these, you know, 100 leadership competencies? which ones are strengths, which ones could she work on? We'd ask your colleagues and then we'd put it all together into a report that you got to read. And so it's really powerful to, yeah, it's really powerful to see what your colleagues wow. think of your strengths and weaknesses, because we don't hear that too often. And, and consistent with that, one of the other things that we did in the summit is we looked at a framework for giving effective feedback. The reason so many people don't know what their colleagues think of their performance is we're not usually very comfortable sharing that, or we share that in very vague ways. Great job, Natalie, right? Or, oh boy, in that presentation, it could have been better. Well, those things aren't helpful at all because they're not specific enough to allow you to replicate or to um, change certain right. behaviors. So there was the 360. We went over how to provide feedback. There was another assessment. This was actually the other one that I co-authored on coaching skills. Because what, we, what I've increasingly found is that in the workplace, leaders are expected to be good coaches to their direct reports. But typically, they're not giving any training about what that looks like, right? So if you were to sit down and coach a colleague, well, how would you go about it? You would right. probably do what you'd seen done by other people. You would do what came naturally to you. Uh, you would do what felt comfortable. But what we did with this assessment is we provided a framework that shows, okay, here is what coaching consists of. And furthermore, here are your scores on these various coaching strategies so that you can decide what you naturally do most of, what you do least of, and where, if at all, you want to make some adjustments to be most um, effective as a coach to the people you work with. And then we did practice with that. So we put the women in triads and had them practice coaching on each other and get feedback. And so you probably are already getting the sense, Natalie, that this is highly experiential. So there's some yeah, so there's some cognitive components where I say, here's a framework, yeah. here's a little bit of research about what we know about leaders, but then women are just diving in, they're doing it, they're having experiences, they're getting practice, they're working with each other. One of the things I didn't mention is that with this feedback model, not only did I give them the framework, but they were in three small groups throughout the week, and they had to collect observations on each other using this feedback model. And at the end of the week, they sat down in these small groups and they gave each other feedback face-to-face -face about the things they'd noticed throughout the week. And I don't know if that sounds terrifying to you or intense, but it was wow. to these women. And, and afterwards, they said, I think to a person, 
oh, that was so great. <laughs> that was so much better than we thought it would be. It was very powerful. They all end up now having practiced feedback, real feedback, right? Not hypothetical and having received a great deal of feedback from the women they spent uh, the past three days with. So um, that's a really, that's a really important part of the program as well. That's incredible. And I, I can't stop thinking about that 360 module that you were talking about yeah. because it, I love how you're involving the company and how the company is honestly, um, wow, I can't think of the word, but engaged in your leadership and your growth as yeah. an employer or a professional in the industry. I love that because I think there's not enough of that. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the the program and the 360 both really represented a commitment on the part of the organization to these individual women leaders. That was so important uh, because context, in my mind, context is such an important part of leadership success or or failure or struggles, right? And so you have the support of the organization within which you work in order to be effective. And Additionally, what works well in one context in one organization might not work well in another. So it's really important to take all of that context, all of those contextual factors into account when deciding how your leadership is impacting others and the degree to which it's um, working or the degree to which you can make some uh, tweaks to be more effective. Yeah, exactly. How does this compare to other industries that you've worked with? That's a great question. I would say that what I noticed with this group and within this industry, I mean, there's two things that were unique about this group, right? Obviously it's all women, right? And then it's within this particular industry of music merchandise. And so it could be a combination of both. So I'm going to compare it specifically to programs I've done um, that consist only of women, right? So, so the differences are likely to be about the industry. Um, very the the women and the the environment they created and continue to create in in the ongoing work we're doing is is so supportive that is the word that comes most to mind so women the women were personally supportive of one another they were supportive in terms of the work and the mission of the organizations they're all passionate about music most i would say um i i can't i can't recall taking a, taking note of the exact numbers, but the vast majority, I would say, played instruments themselves. If they didn't, they were obviously real strong appreciators of music. They, they usually sang if they didn't play instruments. They gave each other very selfless um, advice, input that clearly was based not only in concern for one another, but in a deep knowledge of the industry. And so I've done a lot of workshops where the leaders come from different industries, and those are still very valuable. But what was unique about this is that you have that the, the participants had that firsthand knowledge of the particular idiosyncrasies and needs and dynamics of the industry, which allowed them to be that much more helpful. I just have not not typically seen so much support within um, the other industries in which I've worked. That's awesome. That makes me smile just because this this industry as a whole 
I feel like is a very tight knit, close. Yeah. It's very family like. And when you go to trade shows, it's it's almost as if it's a big family reunion. Yeah. And I just love like hearing that from your perspective that everyone is super supportive and cheering everyone on. And that just makes me really happy to see that it's being reflected from like a third party looking into the industry. (laughs) It absolutely is reflected. And I think another important component is, and hopefully this word doesn't sound too hokey, but there's really a sense of joyfulness in this industry. Mm -hmm. So I've worked with folks in, you know, energy, financial services, um, insurance, and there's often in those kinds of industries, not so much of a sense of a calling as there is that I've noticed in um, the music merchandise industry, right? So folks are working on um, products, on processes, on services that really bring them joy, that bring their customers joy. And it's not as if that's not true in any other industry, but I really feel it here in a way that I don't in every industry I work in. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. So on top of the summit, you've been working with the inaugural class with a coaching extension to the program. And you're also working with our class of swim scholarship recipients. Mm -hmm. Could you explain the work that you're doing for both of these groups? Sure. So I'm really, uh, I'm really enjoying this so much. So the, the swim (laughs) co-captains after the summit in the midst of the pandemic um, decided that they wanted to continue to support the women who had gone through the summit to ensure that it wasn't just a nice event and there was a lot of learning and a lot of insights and relationships were created. But other than the relationships, the notebook, it's not really a physical notebook so much anymore as uh, digital. The metaphorical notebook goes on the bookshelf never to be touched again. They wanted to make sure that didn't happen because that is, frankly, a danger of some live, you know, in-person leadership events. They wanted it to be a process. They wanted it to be a living, breathing thing. And so with the summit group, what we did is we invited everyone who was able to participate and we divided those uh, 13 women into two small groups. And we, each one of the groups is meeting once a month for two and a half hours each for a group coaching session. And the structure of those coaching sessions is this. We, um, first of all, everyone updates each other on what's happened since the last time we talked. And then two or three women in each session bring questions to the group. Um, So, for example, they might say, well, I'm really struggling with this one direct report and here's why. And then the other women listen, they ask questions, they seek to understand at a deeper level, and then they provide their thoughts, their perspectives, their input. And they never come from a place of giving heavy handed advice, as in you should do this, but here's something I might try, or here's something that's worked for me in the past, or I can't help but wondering if there's really a bigger issue here and how that relates to the organization. And then that woman leaves the session with all kinds of new ideas and perspectives about how to tackle this question. And sometimes it's a challenge, like the example I just gave, right? But sometimes it's an opportunity. Like, 
oh, I've been given an opportunity to add another team under, under my scope, and I'm not sure if I'm up for it. And that's the kind of question that could also be brought to the group. And then in the last part of the group, we have been revisiting topics or assessments that we covered in the summit. So for example, I told you about that feedback model. One month, as we were wrapping up, maybe we said, okay, we revisit our strengths profile and we talked about the degree to which the women in the group had used their strengths since March, <laughs> the degree to which they wanted to apply new strengths moving forward. And then I said, okay, next time we're going to review the feedback model. And so you're going to have a little homework. I want each one of you to write down um, an observation that you could turn into feedback from one of your colleagues. And then we're going to come and we're going to practice it in the session. So we get to revisit then either content from the summit to make sure that they're continuing to revisit it, refresh themselves and apply it. So it doesn't just go in that metaphorical notebook on the shelf. And then sometimes we cover new content. So the swim summit, um, um, alumni are having six sessions each. And then with the scholars who have all been given scholarships to a NAM show because of their um, because of their successful applications and their promise, we are doing um, coaching groups every other month with that group. And it's been delightful to meet those women. I hadn't had the chance to work with them before. And they are, I mean, no one ever misses a session. They are fully engaged. When I give them homework, they do it and they show up and some of them knew each other before and some of them did not. They certainly didn't have that same experience as the summit alumni did, but I still, I see that same um, support and commitment and kindness and candor. One of the women in one of the groups, I think it was a summit group said to me, I think it was last week when we had our most recent coaching session, she said she was just so grateful to the swim co-captains for making it happen because she felt like she was internalizing the learning from the summit in a very new way, given the chance to continue practicing it. So I think it really, it really has been very useful and has made, made a significant difference and they're really valuing it. That was a long answer. I'm sorry about that. Oh no, but it was so valuable. And I'm a, I'm such a firm believer in surrounding yourself with a supportive group of people, whether it's in within your company or they're within the industry and they all work for other companies in different fields, Mm -hmm. because I think it's so important to get, other people's perspective. Like if you're struggling with something or if you need advice with something specific, it's so, I find it so important and valuable for me to be able to reach out to someone and say, Hey, can I pick your brain on this? I'm, I'm struggling with something, or I just don't know how to go about something, but like, it could be anything. I just, it, it makes me really happy to see that this work is continuing and we're building these spaces and these communities uh, for our women in this industry to really have that support system. I think that is such a good point. And it demonstrates not only that you have a growth mindset, right? Which is knowing that, well, we don't have all the answers, especially given how complex and rapidly changing the world is right now, right? No matter how much we um, study or how hard we work, we cannot possibly have all the answers. We can't possibly all 
have the right perspective. When I was right. early in my career, I used to scoff at the idea of networking. It sounded so inauthentic to me. And we're told, you know, reach out, network. And I just thought it sounded horrible. But as I have continued in my career, I look at that in a completely different way. I don't look at it as networking. I look at it as creating relationships and relationships foundation for so much yeah. of both our personal satisfaction and also what we can accomplish professionally. So for me, that was just a really helpful reframe. And I think especially right now when so many of us are working from home and we don't see people every day where we can have the casual conversations in the hallways, yeah. those relationships where you can reach out and pick someone's brain or just use a sounding board, those have become even more critical, I believe. Yeah. I I miss the camaraderie of being in the office and being able to talk to someone who might be sitting on the other side of the office, or if you need to pick someone's brain to just go walk over. It's so much more difficult to do that now being online and at home. And I'm, I'm yearning for the time when we can be back in an office. Yes. Yes. Do you know when that will happen for you? No. <laughs> yeah, well, that's usually the answer this year. <laughs> we can guess what's going to happen, but we really don't know. So, no, welcome to the news. Don't really know, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that day. That's for sure. So, for our listeners, with everything that we've talked about so far, why should they apply to attend the summit? What can they take away from the experience? What I think they will take away from the experience are many, many things. And I don't like to oversell. I kind of like, as I mentioned before, I alluded to before, I like people to come in with, with reasonable expectations so we can exceed those. Um, but what I would say is for anyone who wants to learn more about herself, who wants to up their game, her game, their game, who wants to develop really meaningful profound, lasting relationships. Now I feel like I'm overselling, but this is, I will tell you, this is what the say has happened um, <laughs> with them and for them. Um, then I would highly recommend that they consider uh, applying. I am encouraging everyone to, to apply because I just think it's so important for any woman in the industry participate. So, and what I would say is that in this kind of experience, it's not business as usual. I will challenge you to go outside your comfort zone. You'll be seeing data about yourself. It will be very introspective. Some people naturally enjoy that more than others, but there will be learning. And I can also assure you it is fun. So we work hard during the day, but we laugh a lot. We laugh with each other. We laugh at ourselves. Um, in the evening, there are social events. Oh my gosh, the, the women had so much fun last year. And I, I did as well. I tended not to go out with them at night just because I needed to, right. I needed to um, get ready for the next day and take care of my introverted needs, but they went out late. They went to dinner. They had fun this year. We're going to build in a little bit more downtime for the other introverts like me who have time <laughs> to uh, reflect on it all, write down their, their feedback observations. But I, I, I really see no downsides of applying and only upsides. Yeah. Well, um, for those who are listening, um, 
I will have the link to the application in the description below. And then you can also go to the swim website to apply um, and applications close on at the end of February. So do it. I want to see you. Whatever it is that we're going to meet, I want to see you. You all were my last. This industry was the last. This workshop was the last I did before <laughs> working from home constantly since March. And I want you to be the next group that I spend uh, three yes. days with live. Didn't I say I don't like to oversell? I feel like I just did exactly that. <laughs> but I do hope I do hope that. Um, I know I've been listening to your podcast, Natalie, you do a great job. So I'm sure a lot of folks will listen to this. And I just want to personally invite you to apply. And I will look forward to, to really getting to know and work with 16 of you, I hope. Natalie, are you going to apply? I might. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay. I hope I haven't given way too much to you. <laughs> no, but I seriously encourage anyone who is interested in applying. So thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time to talk about the work that you do and the summit and all the experiences that you've been providing um, swim the, within the past year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this progresses and just, yeah, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me. You can tell I'm very passionate about this work. I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk about it and to get to know you, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Swim Masters. Don't forget to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to stay up to date on all new things swim. We'd love it if you'd share and leave us a review. If you would like to learn more, please visit www.smartwomeninmusic.org. This episode was co-produced and edited by Stephanie Lamond and Natalie Morrison. See you next time.